This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Are you, are you ready? Are I'm you ready. really ready, Adam? Listo. <laughs> well, then if you're ready, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast. This is episode 153. I am your host, Peter Nicolaitis, and joining me as always, my co-host, Adam Bell. Hey, Peter. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? I am, I am doing well as well. Well, that's <laughs> well, well. Well, well. <sighs> Tonight's the first uh, high school football game of the season. Okay. All mm-hmm. right. How, how big is, I'm, I'm guessing football, high school football is probably big, maybe not as big in Tennessee as in Texas, but maybe still pretty big. Yeah, it's, it's pretty big. Uh, I mean, Texas and California and then the South uh, really take. <laughs> I mean, everything's big in Texas, right? Oh, yeah. Everything's yeah. big in Texas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we definitely take, take it pretty seriously. And uh, we've been the state champs for the last three years in a row. Wow. Uh, no pressure. No pressure. But we just moved up in conference. Oh, <laughs> that's going to make it a little more challenging then. Yes, it will be. It'll be a mm-hmm. little more challenging. So we don't know what uh, this year is going to uh, have in store for us. But if you folks pull off another victory this time around, I mean, that'd be a big deal. Pretty awesome, right? Yeah. yeah. I guess it all depends. Like, are you just kind of like treading water where you are right now, just barely, or are you knocking it out of the park and you're ready? You know, just yeah, be interesting to see. Yeah, we'll see. Sweet. Well, and our our coach is a former is the former Jacksonville quarterback. It's not Ted Lasso. No, his last name he's Quinn. Last name is Quinn, and I'm drawing a blank on his first name. Um, but he's done a good job. <laughs> all right. Cool. Well, good luck. Yeah. I'll, I'll do my part. I'll sit in the stands and cheer. Cheer. Yeah, raw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So what else is new? I think this is kind of like a catch up episode. Yeah. We got a bunch of little grab bag things, but I think there's some interesting stuff to talk about. So mm-hmm. for here's the little known fact. Well, we've talked about it on the show before. So, you know, maybe our listener knows this, but I, as of today, do not yet have my bachelor's degree. Uh, not yet. But today is the final class, uh, final day of my final class mm-hmm. in my pursuit of my bachelor's in IS. So I will have a bachelor's degree, um, hope, probably anticipated with a 4.0 GPA uh, as of uh, today. Well, so, I mean, it won't be issued until next week or whatever, but yeah, I'm graduate. I'm finishing up all my coursework with a 4.0 GPA today. Congratulations. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Elizabeth and I were talking about that last night <clears throat> that, you know, I've mentioned, well, Peter's finally finishing his, his bachelor's and uh, like, it'd be hard to do. Well, it'd be hard to go back and do it, especially right now for me, there'd be no point to it. Mm-hmm. 
you have 25, 27 years of experience, which is yeah. worth way more <clears throat> than your diploma ever was. Oh, yeah. But it's one of those things like set a goal and I'm going to do this. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and again, we've talked about like multiple reasons that I chose to do it now. One is, you know, the, the, the hospital was paying for it mm-hmm. and it was like, a, you know, it's just a bucket list item, you know, mm-hmm. I never, never finished my degree. Though, oh, I had two associate degrees. So like, whatever. And mm-hmm. yes, I did get some value out of it, but frankly, just between you, me and our tens of listeners, um, <laughs> you know, it was largely a waste of time. <laughs> you know, I had maybe three classes, three or four classes that I found really valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority not. And if I had to pay for it myself, no, I would not do it again. Yeah. Uh, and this is underscored by the fact that we're hiring at the hospital. Um, plan is to have two more analysts come uh, under me on the team there. And, um, all of the applicants that I've screened out, uh, or almost all, not all, but most of the applicants, uh, that I, that have advanced to the second round of interviews, uh, Mm -hmm. have master's master's degrees in cybersecurity, cybersecurity, risk management, or forensics. Right. These are entry level applicants (laughs) with master's. And I have looked at some of, you know, the coursework that goes into these master's programs. I am not impressed. I'm really, really unimpressed. The, the one that um, changes that it would be the ones like from the Sands Institute, because it's made all up of their Sands trainings, you know, Mm -hmm. so stuff in incident response, uh, security operations, uh, perimeter control, cloud security, forensics, auditing, project mm-hmm. management, you know, all this stuff, which is really, really darn useful. And I just don't, um, I don't see the same level of uh, practical skills coming out of these other programs that I've looked at. And, yeah. you know, so it's just like, ah, I don't know. I talked with another um one of my fellow students who's in the bachelor's program and he's like, yeah, you know, it's like, it's kind of a joke. So, you know, compared to people who've been like in the industry for real. So, but at least now with a clear conscience, like no, should I ever actually apply for a real traditional job again? Uh, Or should there be a hard and fast bachelor's degree requirement on some, you know, application or project or something, at least I've checked that box. Mm -hmm. So normally it's like, wait, he's been doing this for how long? Yeah. I don't think we need the degree, even though the job description says we need a degree. (laughs) So anyway, so that'll be fun. But yeah. um, So as I mentioned, we are hiring uh, at the hospital. We're looking for another um, uh, cybersecurity operations analyst and a senior cybersecurity operations analyst to offload some of the work that uh, I and the the team I manage there are doing. Um, Gotten a lot of applicants from Nigeria. Real ones? People living in this country who have immigrated from Nigeria. Oh, okay. (laughs) But uh, it was interesting that um, they had the best resumes and a couple of them actually, you know, like are advancing past my first interview. Um, Had a lot of people who are not at all qualified applying for senior positions. Yeah. I had someone who purported to be a HIPAA auditor and boasted on their resume about attention to detail. (laughs) 
and they misspelled HIPAA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> among other things. But I'm like, okay, so you claim you have an attention to detail. You're a HIPAA auditor and you don't know how to spell HIPAA. Uh, good, no, goodbye. <laughs> okay, you know, I'm so, sorry. So um, I really was looking this time though in the selection process, uh, you know, really giving a strong consideration to diversity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was like, if, if it came down to, I had, you know, a level playing field and I had women or foreigners or whatnot, I would weigh them a little more heavily. I would give them a little extra. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, despite that, you know, my two leading candidates right now, they're both males. Um, one is an immigrant from Nigeria. Another mm-hmm. one is from Virginia. So not quite a, you know, still a little bit, it's like a foreign country. I mean, there are some, some differences between Vermont, New Hampshire, and, you know, there, Yeah. but he went to school up in New York. So, you know, he probably knows a little more about Northern stuff. Yeah. So, but I am actually, you know, interested in diversity, not for like the checkbox sake, Mm -hmm. but to get other people's experiences, other people's opinions, and, Mm -hmm. you know, to look at things differently. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause I really am interested in that. So I'd be, I'd be kind of curious. Well, we'll see what happens, but like I said, two openings down to a couple of candidates right now, but cannot find any senior help. No, I- that's yeah. Cause I'm hiring too. I'm having a hard time finding system administrators with, I mean, even six years of experience trying to find them uh, because they're being snatched up by Amazon and Oracle here. Yep. Uh, the higher, higher paid ones. Yep. Uh, but, you know, talking about your process, as far as how you look at them, I, I actually try to do, um, I try not to focus even on their name. I'm, I'm doing mm-hmm. the opposite. I'm trying to look at the resume only mm-hmm. ignoring gender, ignoring ethnicity. Cause a lot of times I can't tell ethnicity unless, you know, their name clearly says, you know, you know, they're, it's, it's very, you know, recognizable. Well, mm-hmm. you're Nicolaitis. I bet he's Greek. Huh. <laughs> let, let me just say that you would have to be an extreme outlier. If a lot of the names that I had received uh, were attached to white men, they're yeah. just not very common. Right. Yeah. And I'm sorry, if you consider that statement to be racist, then you're listening to the wrong podcast. You know, it's just, 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 they're just not common. You know, know, one thing that I do. So I, I look at um, experience and then I, if I get a Navy um, IT person, Mm -hmm. I kind of weigh them a little bit heavier, meaning I, I want them because of all the armed forces. uh, I mean, Navy, Air Force and Army all have decent computer programs. I have no knowledge of any Marines with computer programs, so I just can't say one way or another. But our heads don't generally have a reputation <laughs> for being computer guys. Just saying. Uh, but Full, I, all respect, Semper Fi, Marines, utmost respect. <laughs> I'm just saying you're not known for being computer guys. That's I think that's fair. It, it may be a, a, a well kept secret. <laughs> But yeah, but when I see a Navy, uh, like I said, Navy's my favorite air, you know, in in order, Navy, Air Force, Army, uh, as far as 
having IT backgrounds because the Navy is the closest to the civilian world as far as the stuff that they use. I mean, they, as far as the operating systems that they use, you know, just the experience that they're getting, I feel like is the closest to civilian. Uh, but I, I like working with Navy. Um, you know, on, on my team, um, the senior engineer slash architect, you know where he came from? Uh, the Navy? The Navy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's awesome. Chris, much love. Shout out. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, 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 my statistics uh, sample size of one uh, correlates, <laughs> aligns directly with your experience. So good. 100% accurate based 100%. on. 100%. Based on data, yep, yep. <laughs> data, one data point, but it's a good one. Oh boy. So, um, yeah, so I've got, uh, I do have applicants, which is, which is kind of cool. I'm, uh, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the team growing a little bit. Conversely, my father cannot find anybody to help, uh, for, uh, caring for my mom. Really, and yeah. so like three days a week, it's just him right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I've been working on you know trying to help him optimize his processes, so to speak, to mm -hmm. you know like just be more efficient with his time. And that's really hard for someone who has no capability or desire to change. <laughs> so you know, it's an uphill battle. But you know, I've been trying to say like, okay, <laughs> you know, I, I understand you may think right now in the short term you may think that it makes sense to spend an hour or two on holds trying to get a hold of your Senator. So you can bitch about everything that's wrong with this country. <laughs> I really don't think that's the best use of your time. <laughs> you know, so it's conversations like that. So, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I mean, and, and so I'm looking at that and what he's offering and also was working on telling was like, well, dad, maybe it's because you're not paying enough, you know, like, Maybe we should just bump it up a little bit. And he yeah. gets, you know, a lot of money from, from the state and from the feds, but he can't spend it. So I said, well, you know, maybe instead of offering to pay someone $15 an hour, let's offer to pay them, you know, I gradually ratcheted it up to now we're at like $22 an hour. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for what you and I bill at, if you look at it in the short term, there's not a lot of difference for something like that. Right. No. Long term though, if you make $15 an hour and you have the opportunity to make $22 an hour, that could be a significant difference. Yeah. Also, if you make $22 an hour, you're probably not going to bother looking at a job that pays $15 an hour. Right. right. <laughs> so trying to explain that to him and his concern was like, well, what if I run out of money? I was like, well, if you run out of money, then you stop paying this person and you say, you know, we're out of money until the next budget cycle. But if you don't, you're already already in that position where you have no one taking care of mom. Mm -hmm. You're already there, right? So what's the worst that could happen? You will wind up back here again after having help for several months out of the year. Yeah. Hmm. You know, so like what's there to lose offer to pay more money. You know? mm -hmm. so, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we're experiencing that. I mean, we're seeing that across the board. And then I've also saw, I also, I have seen where they were talking about the relief money, the COVID relief money is ending mm -hmm. now in one week. And they're talking about not renewing it, which mm -hmm. I, I mean, I didn't know that people were still getting relief money for what, you know, for whatever. Mm -hmm. um, 
have you, I mean, what do you know about that? Anything? All I know is that I applied for PPP forgiveness and I think my application was accepted. No, <laughs> that's all I got. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I, you know, I am, I'm concerned that, that I don't want the, I don't want the world to shut down again. Elizabeth and I were talking about that. Oh, we'll wear a mask. I mean, if we've got to wear a mask everywhere we go, don't care. Just don't want the world to shut down again. <laughs> you know, I, that's the thing is like, I just don't understand. You know, I was just reading the, the orders from the Texas governor saying like, you know, like you will not force people to wear masks. I was like, what, <laughs> what the hell are you? I just, uh, whatever. <laughs> so, you know, like, okay. So Texas is off my list. <laughs> so, so, so I'm not, not going there. Got it. Yeah. I just, <sighs> I don't understand why, why people, any person, any rational person wouldn't want to do what would give them the best opportunity to be successful in whatever. Wait, what? What? <laughs> because you can't make me. You, yeah. huh. so, you can't make me do what's best for me, Adam. <laughs> I know it's silly. It's this, nuts. Yeah. Like, well, uh, you know, I could not get this disease and I could live. You could die if you don't do anything about it. I mean, what? <laughs> Let me think about this for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Well, and what's the worst case? If I do have a microchip in me and the government knows where I am at all times and what am I, what I'm doing? How's that different than when I didn't have a microchip in me? How's that different from when I didn't, from when I carry my cell phone and they already know where I am all the time? <laughs> yeah. I got right news around, for you. I've mm. got three microphones listening to me right now. Four. You know, yeah. what's her name's listening to me? She and is. Five. I've got, do you think <laughs> the NSA doesn't know exactly what we're doing right now? <laughs> Uh, yeah, but we can make it harder for them. Yeah. They're just bored. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So I am switching. Um, one of the things I want to talk about here is, you know, may remember last year I bought the comply foam tips for the Apple AirPods. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, about a month or so ago, I also bought the same for the Jabra Elite 65T. Right which we have discussed on the show numerous times. So I tried, I decided to give them a shot because I'm very happy with the way they fit on the AirPods pro. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a better fit and they stay in my ears better. Okay. I'm kind of on the fence as to how good they are for the Jabra's. They don't seem like even when you get the best fit that you have, they don't feel as snug, even though they seem to stay in just as well as the, the, the normal silicone tips. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the sound quality is not quite as good. It's a little better for hearing through them, you know, like hearing your surroundings, right. but it doesn't seem to isolate as well. And it's interesting because I don't feel the same way on the AirPods. And I'm not really sure what's up with that. I have the large size on both of them. 
And um, yeah, so it's kind of a mixed result on that one. A little bit of a mixed review. I'm not not a hundred percent sold, although I am using them. Yeah. So, um, but I decided just now um, I haven't used. So I've been when I go running, biking, kayaking, I've been using the you know the Jabras with the foamies, mm-hmm. and when I podcast, I've been using the silicone ones. And I just realized that the, the silicone ones were starting to feel like they were coming out of my ears. So now's a great time to pop the another set of foam buds on. So I'm going to do that for the rest of the episode and see how they hold up. Nice. Yeah. So, still, so <laughs> my youngest daughter wanted some earbuds and she said, I think I'm going to get AirPods." And I said, you can get what you want. I mean, it, you can spend your money on it. I said, but I've got the Jabra and you can get the old, the, the previous version, the 65 T active. Yep. Yep. Or $59, the blue ones, the Navy ones. Yep. Or you could spend $200 and get the <laughs> AirPods. And I don't like the way that they fit in my ear. I mean, you yep. may like them, but uh, if I were you, this is what I get. She said, okay, well, I want the black ones instead of the blue ones. I said, well, okay, that's fine too. But the black ones are $30 more than the blue ones. <laughs> and it's so close in color. Mm-hmm. Not like it's a uh, fashion statement. Oh, you have blue buds in when you, that clearly is a clash with your outfit. <laughs> I know. I hate when that happens. So she said, oh, okay. So got, got the $60, 65 tees instead of the $90, 65 tees that are black. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> there you go. But I still yeah. I still, so I've got a, a hodgepodge of these. Cause you know, I had one that died and I lost one. And so I got a replacement via eBay. Mm-hmm. So they changed them a little bit. I don't know if you can tell, but the color pattern is a little different. Yeah. From left to right. Yeah. You know, there's a little <laughs> more titanium on the right side and a little more black on the left <laughs> and no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, we talked, uh, I don't know if remember if it was last episode or the previous one, I interviewed you about um, corporate culture. Mm-hmm. If you had to define Sublime's corporate culture, what would, how, would you, how would you define it? What would you say is the culture of the company that you've built? Hmm. Um, well, I mean, I would think about our, because we do have our core values and that's how we how we measure everything. It's how we measure our success. It's how we do business. It's how we hire. It's how we fire. Um, but I would say overall, you know, it's, it's really dependent upon me as the owner and uh, to, to make the culture. And I would say one of the, well, one thing that I've gotten comments about from the, from my team is when something bad happens, I have the choice. I can um, get angry at them. I can uh, blow up, make a jerk of myself. I can belittle them. Or I can say, okay, what do we need to do to fix it? And what are the steps that we're going to take? And don't do that again now that you know about that. And we all move on. And that has been a big um, I feel like I've gotten a lot more respect and a better culture 
by doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, and that's just the way I am in general, because what's the point of bringing somebody down? <laughs> so do you think that that permeates down and it affects their, are, are they embracing the culture as well? Are they, um, do they, how do the, how does that represent? Like, I mean, uh, that might make them happy, but then do they turn around and repeat that sort of thing? I have not seen, um, the, 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 the other side of that, I have not seen them act that way. So I think that, that my behavior from top down reflects them from their positions down. That's like, okay, we made a mistake. Let's move on. It's, it's more about, let's figure out this solution. So, um, I mean, to define the culture in a very succinct way, that's kind of hard to do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I was just curious. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering because, uh, you know, I'm looking f- for instance, for examples where you espouse a value, you enact the value and then others follow. Mm-hmm. So getting on someone's case for screwing up is really something only you can do if everyone reports up to you, right? Because you have a, I'm assuming it's you and everyone else at this point, or do you have sub team leads at this point? Yeah, I have other, other team leads at this point. Okay. So you could see then, you know, you could look at them mm-hmm. for their, you know, how do they, do they enact the same values? Do mm-hmm. they, do they get, how do they get on, you know, the case of people who screw up, for yeah. example, or does that, I'm, I'm, I'm curious just cause, um, you know, that's one of the things this, the, the final class that I took was talking a lot about, you know, managing culture and, uh, you know, enacting change in organizations and stuff. And, you know, a lot of it, like there's, there are things that are grassroots, you know, things where things come up from the bottom and then there's other, you know, like top down edicts. Mm-hmm. But what I'm finding is that, you know, like apathy is a really strong thing. And if the top management is not engaged, mm-hmm. Why should anyone else be? Yeah. You know, they're like, well, they don't care. Why should I? And (laughs) I find that rather common, let's just say. Yeah. Well, I would say, you know, now that I've had a moment to think a little bit more about the question, you know, one of the big things is I don't refer that anybody works for me. Um, I say that they work with me when I introduce somebody. This is Peter Nicolaitis. He's one of the system administrators on my team. He helps me with whatever. And I refer, I mean, and I would say that the team aspect is the biggest thing that permeates that. Because uh, one of the things that the guys say all the t- time is, hey, I need help with whatever. And somebody will say, okay, I'll help and whatever, you know, do whatever. And they're like, thanks. And they say one team, one fight. I mean, I I think that's an army thing, but Mm -hmm. I've got army guy with me. So Mm -hmm. good. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, I would say that that's probably the other big thing is we're always trying. I always try to help out and everybody else in turn tries to help out and be a team rather than this is your responsibility and your fault. Right. It's, it's, this is our responsibility, right? You know? Yeah. I think that makes sense. Uh, because, um, it just, yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. And it's, it's kind of interesting because I, 
you can use the we versus I thing mm-hmm. as a way to shirk responsibility. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, we talked about this. Um, it was back in 2019 when I was taking the ethics class uh, where, you know, by abstracting out, you can make it seem as if no one is responsible. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, a statement from the Justice Department says this. Well, who actually issued that statement? Some some lackey. Right. But who ordered that person to deliver that statement somewhere? Mm -hmm. An individual made that decision. Right. Right. And but but if you abstract that all out, it's like, well, it's not, you know, and and that way, when something goes wrong, it's easier. Like, well, no one's really. I mean, it wasn't Bob. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was all of them, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you can't really put the blame on everybody. Right. So let's just, let's just, let's just pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. You know? So, but then on the flip side of that, you can look at things and say, well, no, we are all jointly accountable for this and we mm-hmm. all must work together to reach this goal because if we're not, then we're not going to get there. Right. And, you know, so, I mean, I, I prefer, I like that way, you know, like looking at group accountability and group responsibility mm-hmm. as opposed to no responsibility because there was a group. Like, I don't buy that, you know, but that you find that a lot. So we did, uh, we did Jocko's extreme ownership. Some of the extreme. New, yeah. Some of the new employees haven't done that, uh, but we need, we probably need to do a review on that with them. Mm-hmm. But so one thing that is um, I, one thing that I came away with that. And then also with EOS is the entrepreneurial operating system is that only one person can be responsible and accountable for a particular task. Now yes. that doesn't mean everything is on there. It's all, it's completely yours. It, it, this, you know, this enterprise right. is down. Right. Peter, you figure it out. That's, that's not what we're saying. We're saying that, Peter, you're responsible for uh, fixing this issue. Who do you need? What do you yes. need? Yes. <laughs> and that's the way that, that's the way that we do it from. So our, our morning meeting, we go through every single ticket every single day. Yep. If it's still a ticket, we talk about it and we say, why is this not, you know, we got to this ticket. Why is this not done? Well, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Are you going to do, you know, it is all about how do we help that person get that task done? Not, Hey, I've got a problem. Crickets. That's, that's teamwork. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I had that same discussion, um, you know, cause like what we do is we do an on-call schedule where, you know, everyone takes, gets a different day. Uh, where, you know, you are quote unquote on a call and I have to repeatedly tell the team, I have to remind them what that means. Mm -hmm. It does not mean that when you are on call, you are solely responsible for solving every request that comes in that day. And it also does not mean that on the days when you are not on call, you're on vacation. You know, and I've seen both extremes, Mm -hmm. you know, I've had an analyst who thought that like everything that comes in on his on-call day, he just has to jump on every single grenade and he's going crazy trying to keep up with the workload. And I've also had another guy who kind of punched out on his not on-call days. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? What have you accomplished? You know? So, 
And it's, it's a middle ground. It's just like, no, you're just, you're responsible for making sure that the issue is noticed and is being worked. Yeah. I did not say that you are responsible for doing the work. Mm-hmm. You're responsible for doing the work of making sure that someone is doing the work, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's not the same as seeing everything through to completion. You know, that's not the ownership we're talking about, mm-hmm. but you know, people are creatures. We, we, we are forgetful. We need to be constantly reminded of things. Mm-hmm. This side side note um, on my uh, soapbox here, if you're doing annual training of everything it's a waste of time everyone's going to completely forget it unless <laughs> unless they're doing it every day you know unless mm-hmm. there's it's something that we do all the time and you think that well we, we showed them that once last september of course you remember all the details right <laughs> yeah no no you don't no. Okay. so all right next up i have um i'm sort of kind of not really not officially in any capacity <laughs> training for the Bay state marathon with my buddy, Greg, uh-huh. I am not planning on reg- registering. I'm not planning on actually running it, but I am doing a decent job of following along with him on his training schedule. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow we will be doing a 14 mile run. I think you ought to do it. <sighs> <laughs> i think you ought to do it i mean you, you finished your college uh, oh. success milestone this you know, this or at some point you will have completed your first marathon but you can already do it i have to i have to channel kevin landers <laughs> oh. oh man oh. Yeah. well the way he's good. doing it like his um He's been, let me just take a look here. I was just going to look at his marathon plan here. Like his weekly total volumes is like 35, 34, 45 miles, 49 miles. Um, and, but the way he's getting it is generally his Sunday runs are long. So last week was 13. This week is 14. Next is 15, mm-hmm. 17, dip down a little bit back to 13, then up to 18, 19, back down to 13. Mm-hmm. And then finally on the day of the race, 26.2. Yeah. And uh, so I figured I don't, I have never been one for like these formalized running plans and things. I don't, I don't know. I just kind of like go with my gut. So I think it'd be kind of funny if I uh, end up on, you know, like right around there, just following him. But his longest run though, is it's 19 miles and that's uh, just five weeks from now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to start the webpage, do the marathon, Peter.com. <laughs> <laughs> do the marathon, Peter.com. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Uh, maybe next year. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that that's ever, I mean, I, I, I walked the half marathon or I walked a half marathon, the music city marathon with my wife. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty exhausted with that. Um, I think it would have, I mean, I don't know that I'd want to do a full marathon. I'm, I'm built for pushing. <laughs> You got to just push through that marathon, man. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot, there's some things that I can do uh, from a strength training standpoint that you can do. And there's some things that you can do that I just can't do. (laughs) And some of those with enough time and preparation, you probably could do. Probably could. 
<laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man. <sighs> oh. So what what is a mango cart? Well, it's not to be confused with a Mario cart. Okay. It's a beer. Oh. That's not uh, where I went at all. I was Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I could I could never remember the name though. I had this beer for the first time about a week ago. Uh again, my running buddy Greg and I were out um and we um you know he, we we got a, a couple a wheat beer one night on a friday and then mm-hmm. after saturday after our run we went out and got um you know another beer and we got this um golden something something brewing i forget the name but the the thing's called mango cart mm-hmm. and i've had a mango beer before um it was the um harpoon brewery Camp Wana Mango, which is an IPA. Okay. But I actually liked it because it's not very hoppy. Mm-hmm. The mango actually cuts the, the hoppiness night. This thing is a mango wheat beer and it blows Camp Wana Mango out of the water. Oh, okay. This thing is so much better. So we had it. Uh, I immediately bought a 15 pack at the local grocery store and um, it's really yummy. It's really good stuff. It's a, number one, it's a wheat beer, which is okay. I'd, I'd say like flavor wise um, Belgians are still my favorites, but mm-hmm. you know, again, I have to pace myself on those and on a hot summer day after a run, you don't want to be pounding a 9% plus beer um so this is much more light and you know my uh my uh the the senior manager at the hospital would refer to it as a sports beer there you go you know and uh, that's what this is it's delicious i really i really enjoy it so highly recommend camp uh not camp mario kart (laughs) mango kart (laughs) kart. yes (laughs) i'll have to to look for that see if we have it so it's funny so you the the cart thing um i i my head went to uh, a paletas cart in Mexico uh, for, you know, ice cream bars. And uh, one time I was in Oaxaca city at the end of our trip and the little popsicle vendor, he came riding, you know, he's on his bicycle and he's got a freezer on the back. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, that sounds really good. And so I got this uh, coffee flavored paleta and, and I'm eating, I got all, I mean, me and the other guy, got ours and we ate it all the way through and i was like man that was good i was like that was made with the water (laughs) (laughs) oops oops fortunately well either either one he he made them with bottled water because oaxaca city at that time was a very much a tourist city and uh or i just got lucky (laughs) what about what about boiling the water if they boil the water is that okay Sure. Sure. You, okay. You'll, you'll kill the bacteria that's in the water if you boil it. Yeah. <clears throat> but I've not seen very many Mexicans do that, boil the water. They, Why would you? It's an yeah. extra step. Well, and yeah, when it's, uh, they can actually drink uh, most water. I mean, not groundwater, mm-hmm. but the city yeah. water, yep. they can drink it because their bodies have gotten used to the yeah. build up a tolerance mm-hmm. where yep. ours are just not used to it yet. Eventually you'd get a tolerance. I don't know what it'd take 30 days, yep. 45. I don't know. 
don't know the whole time i was down in brazil it was like yeah no (laughs) (laughs) yeah no yeah no (laughs) all right should we move on to a nifty yes sir all right so back on prime day i bought a soda stream fizzy no, you did get one. Well, I did. If you're watching the video, I've, I was actually drinking uh, a soda stream made soda. Do you remember uh, that we talked about that on the last podcast? No, I don't. But it was still there on the nifty. <laughs> so I guess we'll just strike that part then. So I have nothing nifty. Why don't you give us the nifty then? <laughs> there's, there's nothing nifty. about. There's that. nothing nifty today. I could talk oh, about yeah. my comply foam headbuds, but I think I've done that to death. Uh, <laughs> yeah, head, yeah, those, headphone earbuds. Yeah. Those were nifty. No. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I didn't clear the nifty. But yes, you, we did refer to the soda stream and it's still nifty, apparently. I remember talking about it, but I didn't remember if we had talked about it like officially like oh we have to talk about that i think because i like delayed for so many podcasts i didn't remember if we'd actually gotten to it but yeah i am still liking it and it is still nifty yes mm-hmm. oh cool so yes there you go still nifty yeah. i will say you know if we were talking about nifty so the i did get the new ipod the ipad 11 is it 11 pro or is it 12 pro now mm-hmm. my phone is a 12 i don't know about oh, yeah. the ipad i think it's a I forget. It's the latest one. I is like I can't remember if it's eleven or twelve. I want to say it's twelve because they usually match the iPhone for the latest. But anyway, so one of the things of my old iPad was, I mean, and it was just the step down. I think it's eleven ver- eleven generation three. I think that's what I have. Okay, it, and this uh, is not the Pro and not the Air. It's the Pro. Oh, it is a Pro. Yeah, yeah. I only okay. get the Pro now. I thought the pros were only like in their fifth generation. And I thought the 11 or 12 was the size of the screen. Um, 11 pro generation three, iPad 11 pro. I think that refers to the screen size. Yeah. But it's the one with the new uh, M1 chip and 5G and yes so the 11 pro three generation three okay got it generation three so the other one uh when i was typing my i have a logitech bluetooth keyboard and the other one was kind of slow and draggy Mm -hmm. and i kind of blamed it on the the logitech keyboard and i replaced it so i bought another one same thing, it would get slow and draggy and I'd blame it on the batteries and I changed the batteries and it didn't get any better. So I'm like, well, I guess this is just as good as it gets. Well, with the, the generation three, the new one, uh, it's as fast as my keyboard. So that's there you a go. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm really on the fence. I know like the, the Apple pencil is pretty cool. And I would really like to, like, I've got, you know, we've talked about, I have this little knockoff Digiland Android tablet. It is mm-hmm. so slow. And, you know, like, I can't even use it as an ebook reader mm-hmm. or, you know, it's like it literally all I do is I wait and, you know, for it to boot up and I use it for Zoom calls. Yeah. And that's all I do. You know, that's all it's, it was, it was 50, 50, 60 bucks. Okay, fine. Great. Mm-hmm. You know, it's serving its purpose. There's some days when I want a tablet. Yeah. And I just, 
you know, but like, ah, I can't, can't justify it right now. And I really, really want a new MacBook air. <laughs> I really would love, just really would love a touch screen MacBook air. Mm-hmm. Really like that. But that apparently is called an iPad pro. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, I use my tablet a lot, um, uh, as the, uh, still as the sales engineer and onboarding engineer at sublime mm-hmm. uh, going out doing the initial pictures initial this that and the other and so um, mm-hmm. i'll take a picture i'll pull out the ipad i'll start marking things on the map with the pencil of where this is where that is writing handwritten notes on these things because typing is typing on the ipad is not as especially when I'm walking around. I mean, I'd have mm-hmm. the same problem even if, if I were on a laptop. I couldn't just walk around a factory with my laptop and stop right. and type everywhere I needed to type. Right. So I can just go and do what I'm doing with my pictures and notes and things like that as I go. And I yeah. like that a lot. Um, you know, I was just thinking with um, something like uh, Windows 365, or Amazon virtual desktops. I was thinking, I was talking with Scott about this on friends with beer that um, my next windows computer is probably going to be either an Amazon workspace or an office uh, windows 365 instance. Mm -hmm. And if that was the case, then an iPad pro could suit my needs. Mm -hmm. It, It just, it does mean that my main computer operating system would be windows as opposed to Mac OS. Yeah. You know, but there's going to be windows in my life one way or another. So, you know, like, but, but, but with an iPad pro there, I could have the best of both worlds. Cause you know, I have a decent keyboard now and a decent, uh, you know, you can use it with a mouse mm-hmm. and I can just remote desktop into whatever I need for windows. So well, there's something to be said for that. That yeah. might, that, that, oh boy, now I'm all confused because I was so, you know, ready for the, my, my MacBook. Ah, brother. Yeah, I'm, I'm at the same place though that Windows is always going to be part of my life until, yep. uh, until I don't have a business or I retire or, you know, I mean, I could, as a consumer, I could live completely in my iPad or, a, a, you know, my MacBook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you're going to run, you need to run Windows stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and that's, that's the case, but no one says you need to run it right here on this piece of hardware, nope. you know, unless like you're interfacing with hardware that needs to connect to your, you know, ports on this thing and plugging in and that I just don't do. Yeah. And say, so I still do sometimes network scans and, you know, but eventually I won't, I'm hoping in the next two years. I don't do any of that anymore. All I mm-hmm. do, get to play a CEO. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and that makes sense. You know, that's, that's, that, that's, that's where you should be. By the time you're CEO and you're not doing the technical stuff anymore. No, you certainly don't need a laptop mm-hmm. anymore. You know? So cool. Yeah. Well, there you go. On that note, I so think that was, we, back, uh, that was a backhanded nifty. That was, that's pretty nifty. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're pretty good. Well, why don't we wrap it up? All right, let us do so. So we do want your feedback. If you'd like to discuss a particular topic, you can drop us a line at www.blurringthelinespodcast.com. You can find out more about Peter at Paradigm Consulting, LLC. 
ParadigmCC.com, YogaWithPeter.com, and FriendsWithBeer.com if you want to listen to more Peter in a different podcast. Yay! <laughs> and then uh, you can reach me at SublimeComp.com or on Twitter at, at SublimeComp. I am there. Rock on. Cool. Right. Well, on that note, I think we should probably go ahead and just push the big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.